What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Rama League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And we are back. Um, I think it's been five weeks now since our last podcast. We had uh, two of our friends on, Chris and Brandon, did a little draft uh, on that podcast. It's been a while. Um, a lot's happened in that time. Uh, first, Jake, how's everything? I know you and I have even, I mean, not that anything bad happened, just we've been busy and haven't been able to talk as much. Uh, I was thinking about that as we're about to start the podcast today. How's everything? Doing good, doing good. Um, it's been a bit of a hiatus, so to speak, that we've been on. Um, but again, kind of a dry spell in terms of NBA news. Uh, not that that means a lot when you talk about we took five weeks off, so there is stuff to talk about. But uh, yeah, there's certain players making uh, storylines for the right reasons, for the wrong reasons. Uh, covering some of the wrong reasons in, in this episode. But, yeah, I mean, overall, just been an interesting five weeks to see how things have shaped up uh, in preparation for this upcoming 2021-22 NBA season. Yeah, it's crazy to think, before we do get into the podcast, just a year ago, I know uh, we're recording this podcast on Thursday because uh, I'm traveling Friday, Saturday, Um so we can't record it then, but this podcast will be released on Saturday. Um, a year ago today, as we're recording this, game one of the NBA Finals was uh, last year, which was two seasons ago, Heat and Lakers. Lakers obviously blew out the Heat in game one, but it's crazy to think how quick everything, and I know at Media Day, we'll, we'll get into Media Day a little bit and a, a little later, but um, how, quick, how quickly everything's happened, because really, I mean, two seasons have happened within a year. And here we are kind of back to the normal schedule as actually when we started this podcast back in November of, what was it, 2019? Um, when, you know, yeah. BA season starts in October and training camp starts in September and it ends in June. And that's what it's going to be this year. It's kind of nice to have that feeling back 82 game season. Um, and we, we have two deep conferences. Um, let's start off with one of those teams that I think uh, many people thought would be a contender going into this season like they have been for the past couple seasons and haven't been able to get through Philadelphia 76ers. Um, ben Simmons, not reporting to training camp, has asked out for a trade. Um, and I think stuff, especially in the past, as we've started to record this podcast, uh, has gotten a little messy, I think, and, and in favor of Ben Simmons, but we'll get into it. Um, first, what are your initial thoughts on the whole situation? Him wanting out um, and basically the Sixers, you know, their whole trust the process coming to an end because all they have left is Joel Embiid um, from those draft, you know, from those top five picks that they had for, it felt like 20 consecutive years. Yeah, well, I think we have to address the fact that Ben Simmons is refusing to show up to training camp. I think that's the specifics there. Uh, and the fact that he's really going to be uh, losing out on, on a lot of money um, in the long run, depending on how long this situation um, plays out and, and until he gets traded, because that's inevitably, inevitably what's going to happen uh, down the road here. And it could lead all the way up to the deadline. Um, who knows? But uh, it's really just a staring contest between him and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, really just, again, the guy who's going to trade him, Daryl Morey, is a guy that's 
going to be selfish with his assets uh, in the sense that in a, in a good way where uh, he's going to get the most value, which kind of contradicts this situation and the fact that you're actually not going to get enough for Ben Simmons because you've waited, waited this amount of, uh, of time and uh, the passage of time and whatnot. And so, you know, you're really dealing with a GM that is, uh, you know, again, going to try and get everything, but there's a player right now that is really worth an all time low in terms of just depreciating day by day as an asset in uh, Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons is, again, he has fault in this situation as well as, as equal fault uh, in the fact that he hasn't, uh, you know, again, been the most cooperative with the situation, him and Clutch, uh, again, but they're going to get their guys where they need to go. Just look at Anthony Davis with the Pelicans going over the Lakers. That was a done deal uh, way before, ahead of time. And, you know, the Pelicans have their own situation right now with Zion and whatnot, but that's a discussion for a different day maybe. Uh, but with Ben Simmons, I mean, again, it all comes down to the fact that, look, the guy, again, people are going to, and I think he gets a lot of criticism. Uh, we can joke up here all we want, but the guy uh, is a top two, top three defensive player, maybe one of the best in the league. Uh, you could argue he's one. Uh, and so he has that. He has the rebound. He has the passing. Everything except what we all talk about is the modern modernization of today's game, which is shooting the three point uh, ball. And he doesn't do that. Uh, he's scared to do it. And he's lost confidence. He in doesn't that. shoot. When two, you, he doesn't shoot two pointers. I don't think. Yeah. He's, he's not he's even just outside not, the restricted, the, the restricted area. He's not shooting it. Yeah. He, he's very uh, reluctant and hesitant to get up that shot. And you can see uh, a guy that's what, I want to say 24 years old. I could be off with that. Um, but he's still young. Um, and again, you could take a flyer on him if you're one of these teams. It's just, again, Philadelphia is, is going to try and hold out. But the more they hold out, the more his stock just lowers itself and uh, will continue day by day. So, um, again, I think that as far as this Ben Simmons scenario goes, um, it's really just a matter of time. Uh, we don't know when, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. And again, for any of these teams, I think he just needs a brand new start uh, to really just showcase his his skills. And I think like uh, that would be a great, um, you know, a great piece for any team moving forward. But this also shows you that, look, a guy that signs a rookie max extension. I mean, the guy has, what, four years left on his deal? Um, and again, it, it's not like we're talking about a guy that has a year left on his deal. So this presents an interesting situation in terms of looking at the league from a whole. And you're going to need to plead your superstar and make changes super quickly or else something like this can happen. Yeah, um, this is so fascinating to me. For a whole bunch of different reasons, and I'm going to start with a quote that came out uh, on Thursday from Joel Embiid. Um, it says, quote, our team has been built around his needs, so it's just kind of surprising to see. Even going back to the reason we signed Al, meaning Al Horford, we got rid of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. 
which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he needed the ball in his hands. Um, it, it seemed like at first Joel Embiid was, was going to, you know, supposedly a couple Sixers players were going to fly out to L.A., meet with Ben in person, and he just basically told them, listen, you come, but you're not going to meet with me. Um, so, you know, save the, save the money on a private jet and all of that. It's getting messy, like I said, to begin. Um, I think this quote that I just heard right here is a win for Ben Simmons because now it's like, okay, your two stars are not going to get along anymore. Joel has always been known to speak his mind, and he's starting to speak his mind in a way that is negative towards Ben Simmons, which I understand, but at the same time, if I'm the Sixers, I'm like, this is not what I want after Doc Rivers went on a uh, media tour in the past couple weeks and said, you know, what I said at the press conference at the end of the season, uh, it was it was it was uh, misunderstood, and you know we would love to have Ben Simmons. Dale Morey has said the same thing, and you know now you have Joel Embiid basically saying, "Listen, we've done everything for this guy. Now he's not even going to show up." You know, it is what it is. So this, I, there's no way this will end well. I know that I was listening to some show today. They were talking about the money situation and how basically Ben Simmons wins with that anyway, even if he starts getting fined, if he ends up reporting back or getting traded to another team, he'll get that money back basically. Um, or, you know, it, it, there's a whole bunch of different situations. Also, he's owed, I think, $8.2 million in some, I don't know if it's a salary bonus or what, in the next couple of days. So will he get that paid? If not, I bet he'll make a big stink about that because, you know, I kind of understand the owner in this one. Why would you want to pay someone $8 million that's not even showing up? Um, it's There's so much that just, to me, doesn't make sense, but it's been building up for years that it almost does make sense. Um, when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are on the floor, I don't have the advanced stats exactly, but I know they dominate. Um, the thing is, <laughs> that's been a problem because of how healthy and unhealthy or how unhealthy both players have been. Um, and I think Ben Simmons, his unwillingness to expand his game, and from you know what I've heard not only in the past couple of weeks, but just reading reports the past you know year or so, it's like he does what he wants to do, and he's not going to listen to anyone, even in his inner circle. Inner circle, excuse me, he doesn't listen to anyone, and that's the reason he you know you see all these videos of him working out shooting threes, but he won't you know shoot a three during the game because he just doesn't feel the need to. Um, it's, I mean, I, I, even that, and I go back, and now I round all the way back around to that quote I started with, and the whole Jimmy Butler thing. They messed up the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> and I know it's not the current regime, the fr current front office, and the current coach, but they messed up. And not only will they lose Ben Simmons, I'll go on record and say it. Joel Embiid will request a trade, I think, within the next calendar year. And the whole trust the process will come crashing down, and it will have never worked. As you look at New Orleans Noel, you look at Marco Fultz, you look at Jaleel Okafor, all of these guys who they thought were going to be the saviors of Philadelphia after they only won 10 games in a season or whatever it was, will all have been gone either because they, they suck or because they don't want to be there anymore. And... I don't know where Joel Embiid will go, um, but it's just they got rid of Jimmy Butler, which I think Philadelphia knows will be the mistake that made everything crash down because they chose basically Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, 
Al Horford over Jimmy Butler. And you look at what Jimmy Butler's doing in Miami, besides the fact that he got swept, I don't, you know, you'll look at the team this year, you look at his first year in Miami going to the finals and just everything he does, it'll be the reason that they lose both Ben Simmons, but not indirectly about Ben Simmons, but then Joel Embiid because of the way Ben Simmons has handled the situation. I think what's fascinating, uh, and I think maybe this adds to your point. I, I don't, I don't want to go on record myself saying that Joel Embiid's going to request a trade anytime soon. I still think you, you deal with the hand that uh, you're dealt with, and again, whatever you can get for Ben Simmons. I don't know. Again, they're asking for young assets, draft picks. Again, you need to win, uh, especially with high expectations every year with. Now you're having, again, the Bucks sort of just, you know, add uh, a couple rotational pieces and just building off of what they had last year. Uh, you have the Brooklyn Nets who are, again, just getting stronger and stronger with pieces that they added. Uh, the Heat with the new big three that they have now. Um, and so you have several teams in the mix now. Um, that, again, the Sixers were still the best regular season team last year in the East, but at the same time, again, now you're going to be losing Ben Simmons, uh, and what are you getting for him? Uh, again, they're looking at Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard, Lillard, the two big fish in the water right now, but the problem is they're not getting moved, and, and they're not going to request a trade anytime soon. They're locked in, and they've made that very, uh, very public. Again, there's been speculation uh, i know bradley beal mainly like uh towards the beginning of last season when when the wizards weren't on the best stretch of uh of games i guess in terms of winning games they were losing games uh and had one of the worst records early on and then turned it up in the second half of the season then damian lillard uh just this past summer with the olympic uh team just saying that uh he didn't know if you know, this, the moves were going to be enough for them to really push and, and contend in the West with how stacked that conference is, um, with the Lakers really, uh, honing in, you would think projected to that number one spot. So, uh, those guys aren't there. And I think like, even like, uh, free agency for next year is kind of starting to dwindle down again. This is kind of the, the time period where we see even, uh, last free agency where, Guys start to sign uh, extensions and start to sign uh, deals quicker than you w would have thought um, and really just lock into their their situation. Um, and I think that's critical for teams to do that, given the player empowerment. And we see here with Ben Simmons, it's uh, one of the many reasons why uh, it's important to, to lock in. Of course, with uh, with Philadelphia here, you, you locked in a guy that is on contract for four more years. So that's. That's that's pretty tough there, but uh, overall, it it is. Go ahead. Well, no, because let, let me ask you this: um, what is what is Ben Simmons's value in a trade right now? He's coming off probably the lowest that he can come off of with the way he performed in the playoffs, not being able to shoot free throws, basically not being able to do anything, especially in the fourth quarter when that's where you make your money. Um, what teams would want him? I mean. To me, it's like Golden State's one on record saying they're not going to trade for him. If is that a play to downgrade his value? Who knows? You know, maybe Golden. It doesn't. It, why would Golden State trade for him? I, I don't know. And they're 
their whole identity for the past, I don't know how many years, has been to shoot the ball from half court, basically, and it works. Um, so they're going to trade for a guy that doesn't shoot at all. But weirder things have happened. Um, I don't know. what What is his trade value? Like, is it another star for a star? Is it getting a draft pick? Is it just basically, you know, kind of, I'm trying to think, is it almost like a Chris Paul type deal back when he got traded from the Clippers to the Rockets, where it's kind of just a whole bunch of good pieces, like a Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell type guys, where in a couple of years, you know, they'll end up paying off, but um, almost like a prospect type. I don't know. what What is his trade value? Yeah, I mean, the best way I can answer that question is just by going the list of teams that I think, sort of just speculating what teams I think uh, that have been rumored that I wouldn't want him to, to, to see him on and then other teams that I that I would like to see him on. Um, and I think of, like, when I think out West and I think about Golden State, the fit with Draymond is just, I don't really like that. Uh, I don't really like him to the Blazers as I do like McCollum to the Sixers, but I also don't like how Damian Lillard wants to build around a winning team, but you're getting a guy that hasn't shown up in the postseason, so I don't really like that for them. Um, I'm looking, I have two teams in mind. I would say the, I've been on the Raptors, Ben Simmons train for a little while. Now, again, I don't know if you can get Pascal Siakam for him. Again, I I feel like that's more and more out the window as we, as, as the time ticks. Um, but I do believe in Toronto's uh, ability to develop forwards. I think they had that idea when they drafted Scotty Barnes, they've developed, um, Siakam and Anobi, who's looking for a really great season, and uh, he's among you know some of the best small forwards in the game. Um, so they've they've really honed in on developing uh, small forwards. I think that that would be a great. And I'm not saying he's he's a versatile player. I'm not just saying he's a three, but um, you know they could put the ball in his hands. They just again, Fred VanVleet is a guy that can play off ball too. But you know you can really get some. Uh, minutes at, at the point guard position with Kyle Lowry not there anymore. Um, so that's an option. You do have Goran Dragic, of course, but he's a guy that I think uh, had a, a great position uh, with the Miami Heat off the bench. I think he thrived well in that position. So um, I think that could be a, a key destination. Again, as far as what you get, maybe Pascal Siaka moves in that. Um, and they did end up asking a lot from the Raptors. I'm not sure the validity of that. I think it was like uh, their, uh, number four pick. It was, it was just a ridiculous offer. It was like number four pick Van Vliet, uh, Siakam. It was just pretty ridiculous. So I'm not sure if that's going to be possible, but that's a place I would like to see him go. And then I think the Pacers are a team that, again, if Malcolm Brogdon was on the table, I take that for both sides. Um, I think another team as well, uh, if we want to go out West is the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, and seeing how, under the radar, they're kind of flying by the, this season uh, in terms of uh, what they can be with uh, as long as uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are healthy with the progression of Anthony Edwards. I think that could be a great fit for them. Uh, I think Malik Beasley, as rumored, would probably be on, on the move. But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at, where it's like one pretty – I mean, Malik Beasley, Brogdon – Siakam, these aren't scrubs, but 
at the end of the day, like that's kind of where it's at, where it's like them and like not much else. So that that's kind of the level we're at, but it it can diminish real quick. To, to me, I, I don't know why anyone would want to trade for him. Um, I think the stuff with I, the thing is though, also what have we heard in the past week with with trade stuff? We heard when he when this first started to you know kind of rumble. Uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Actually, when we stopped doing podcasts, this kind of started. But in the past week, what have we heard? Nothing. It's been dead silent. And if anything, all we heard is the Warriors say, hey, we're not going to... The owner came out on record and said, we're not, we don't want that contract. We don't want him. Stop putting us in the rumors again. That could be a play on to, hey, let's lower his trade value and then snag him. Or I, what I think truly is they're saying, hey, we don't even want to deal with this guy. Um, I think what doesn't benefit to Ben is the whole you know drama queen like he's being um, not even willing to talk with you know his teammates and you know hash things out maybe it's you know there's more to it than what we know um, not even showing up and just being there you know even though because you're a distraction either way um, I don't know. I, I I just find it interesting. There's been no Woj bomb in terms of, hey, this team, this team, or Shams, or even Brian Windhorst. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of reporters out there, Mark Stein, that haven't just come out and said, hey, you know, this team, this team, this team, this team. At first, I don't even think it was valid teams. The Heat were in there, the, um, the Trailblazers. Who else was it? I think even the Knicks at one like, but I think that was Ben Simmons and his camp kind of making a market for him because there has been no market. And I think that's where the stalemate happens because yeah, I think as, and I'm kind of all over the place here, as training camp keeps going in preseason, and first preseason game is this up, you know, in two, three days now, um, I want to see how far Ben Simmons takes this because then as much as the fine might get, you know, even though he might get fined and he might get it back, it's still you're getting fined and you don't have that money. Um, I want to see, does he just, you know, kind of cave in and say, okay, I still want to be traded, but I'm just going to show up to work every day, put my head down and take care of my business here and even try to up my trade value. And who knows, maybe things work out and all of a sudden, you know, not regular season wise, but, or even then, you know, maybe the Sixers are on top of the East again for how many ever years they always do this in the regular season but fold in the playoffs but maybe it fixes things and but I, I don't see that as things get uglier and uglier and I think as much as it as I'm talking you know as much as it's been an advantage for Ben for Joel to start you know bashing him and stuff it's also a, a disadvantage because if he decides hey you know what let me just go back and go back to work now you really have you know friction in the locker room because now you have your teammates talking bad about you you feel uncomfortable there your teammates feel uncomfortable and, and you know, it's a loose-lose situation. Um, and, and the media day stuff was, was d- just for show, I think. And then Doc Rivers tried to go on to oh, yeah. I mean, I, talk listen, shows to cover it up. and Yeah, l- listen, I, I think the inevitable will happen. But like I said, to me it's weird. There's no even fake trade. Like, there's no market for him. I, I think people and people would rather have a lot other players in this league than Ben Simmons just because in today's NBA, if you were talking 20, 25 years ago, he's the, the golden player. Um, but 
he's a jump shot away from being, you know, I think a top five player in this league. He's not willing well, it, to do that jump shot. Well, it goes so, back to the sole premise that Philly's just being too greedy. I, I don't think it's that there's well, no, a market I, I out think, there for him. I, I he has, I don't, I don't think. I mean, so. he does everything at a at a above average elite why level should, why outside of shooting. Why shouldn't Philly be greedy though? Answer me that because what what they're just gonna cave in and say, okay, here you go, just give us you know a, a second round pick and a player and. We'll give you Ben Simmons, who, you know, don't get me wrong, Ben Simmons is a good player. Like, he, you know, he's get, you know, his contract is what, 33 million this year, 35 million next year, 37, and then in 2024, 2025, $40 million. I mean, there's a reason, I don't know if he's worth that much, but there's a reason he's got that contract. So why shouldn't Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and that front, that team be greedy and say, okay, we want everything we can get for this guy? You know, because he, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I, I get that. But I mean, again, there's it's coming to a point in time where you, you can't you just can't be that type of way because the time's ticking. And again, your the reputation as an organization. Think about the ramifications about I don't, future I don't, free agents. I, I don't think future, you know, future draft that, picks. What what are they going to start the process over and then lose trust in draft picks that they got? Like, how does how does that affect future free agents like future free Unless a future for agent is planning on going to Philly and then wanting out two seconds later, this is a unique circumstance that's becoming more common, but still unique. Something you see in the NFL more. But then again, I, truly, my opinion, I think Ben Simmons in about two, three weeks as the regular season really starts to, you know, you really start to see that the regular season is right about to be here. He says, you know what, I'll show up. Almost like a Jimmy Butler type deal, even though he doesn't have that Jimmy Butler mentality. Remember the, the Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler and everything that happened? He all of a sudden came mm-hmm. in. He said, you know what? I'm going to come to work. With the, and he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show you. I don't think he does that, but I think he'll be like, okay, I'll come to work. Let me just come out here, like I said earlier. Even if I'm just putting up 10, 12 points a game and just kind of mosing my way through it, even though it wouldn't help him or the Sixers, but um, it, it, to help, you know, I think he should go out there and play like, you know, he played two, three years ago. And I'm saying as hard or even last season, but I think that's where it is. Um, well, it's it's different. I mean, again, Jimmy Butler was proven, you know, before he got way more proven oh, no. No, I, before I he got to, to the Timberwolves. And also he's playing for a Sixers organization where, you know, we haven't been to, uh, what is it, Wells Fargo Center? But, I mean, those fans you can see on TV that that's, oh, well, that's going to be hell for him. Yeah, whenever, if he does decide to come back, Whenever he does come back, if that's still on the Sixers or as an opposing player, he will hear it um, because Philadelphia fans don't play. But let's move on um, to another interesting, t- another kind of big discussion at Media Day and something that kind of took Media Day by storm. Um, and that's the unvaccinated players versus the vaccinated players in the NBA. Um, uh, as of just literally about 10 minutes ago, as we were discussing this, a report came out, 95% of players in the NBA have been vaccinated. Um, but there are a few significant players who have decided not to get vaccinated, including Andrew Wiggins, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. Um, am I missing anyone else who's pretty significant here? Uh, there might have been someone uh, else that Jonathan, was Jonathan private Isaac, about him. Jonathan Isaac. 
Michael Porter Jr., who I really don't get. Michael Porter Jr. says he has, he's had COVID twice and he's just okay with not getting the vaccine. Had COVID, tw- I mean, that really doesn't make sense as you kind of get my stand on the whole situation before I even discuss it. What are your thoughts? Because it's funny, and I'm going to bring up a quote in a second from Kyrie that I just, I find hilarious. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? And not just in terms of how much a distraction they are. Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving, as of right now, will not be able to play any, this is a big detail, as of right now, will not be able to play any home games in their respective, uh, uh, with their respective teams, because in the city of San Francisco, you need a vaccine basically, to work or go anywhere. It's a vaccine mandate. And in New York as well, in Brooklyn, uh, you need a vaccine mandate. So basically, they're missing 40 games this season automatically. On top of the fact that the NBA just came in and said, you will not get paid for the games you missed because you decided not to get vaccinated and your uh, city um, mandates that. I'll let you go from here. Yeah, well, again... No disrespect to Kyrie, but we know him as a guy that misses games for a multitude of reasons. So, again, some of those. Let me let me read the quote before you go, because it just to me, it's it's amazing. Um, Quote, this is the last thing I wanted to create was more hoopla and more distractions. Unquote Kyrie Irving. This is the guy who creates to me. How many times have we talked about him in the past year in this podcast? He's been between him, the Knicks. I mean, we talk about basically the same couple things. The Lakers. He's a headliner. Yeah, on he, a, on he's always bottom. a headliner for the wrong things. The Knicks have even turned themselves around into being for the right things compared to almost two years ago when we started this podcast. I wanted to read that. Keep going. Yeah, so I, I just, again, I don't really get it. Um, again, it's, it's, I mean, again, it's a league thing too, and, and then you look, towards more of the government thing with San Francisco and New York. And, um, you know, they're more, uh, uh, you know, restricted as far as the, the vaccines go. And so, you know, they want you to get it so you can play in home games. And, you know, that's a really interesting or really important detail, I should say, uh, about them playing home games because, again, the the Warriors and the Nets are both two teams that, you know, the Warriors more of a comeback story and uh, trying to get back in the mix with the Lakers and all the top dogs and then the Nets. Uh, again, if Kyrie is out, and I would think that, you know, he would get it. But again, Kyrie does Kyrie things. So, uh, again, I, I just think as if, you know, obviously if they don't get him back, that's a huge part in what they're trying to do. And I, I think that, yeah, there could definitely be, I mean, we thought kind of that, and, and it's it's nearing 100% at 90, like you said, so uh, you hope that all the players follow suit, which I think uh, for their best interest and for the league's uh, best interest, um, they'll get those vaccines. Um, and again, it's, it's required for a lot of different things. Um, you know, for for school and for all these different things that we go through. So uh, if you have to get it, you have to get it. Um, again, they signed a contract for, to play for the NBA, so uh, they're going to have to sit out. And that's a that's definitely going to hit hard for fans that are either going to watch them live in person or nationally televised games. It's really going to, to take but, a, but a dip in. You're, you're hurting your team. 
<laughs> so I don't want to hear that any of these guys are team first. As you can tell, I, I'm kind of a little passionate about this, and not because you're pro-vax or anti-vax. It's just from a a perspective of we're not a couple of days into this vaccine thing. We're almost what is it? We're it's been a months, while. Nine months, ten months. Yeah. You, and some of the oh, I don't know enough information. I know the NBA has provided information. People can do their own research. You know, I mean, you can talk to doctors. There's been enough information now where you you can make a decision. And if your decision is not to get it, your reasoning is not because, I mean, I know for Kyrie Irving and a couple of these players, it's become conspiracy theories, basically, saying, hey, you know, (laughs) they're, they're plotting on us to a plan of Satan I, I'm re- in this rolling. So, you know, like, I, I don't understand it. Um, I think sooner or later, some of these guys will uh, not push back as much because money talks. We we're talking about Ben Simmons. This it, it will really talk when, hey, you know, especially Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins, who they're, you know, I know, like, Steph Curry kind of made a comment, like, it's stupid that he's not getting it. Um, but, you know, when they're not able to play in 40 games this year, and you're not even including both those teams are playoff caliber teams once like seven game series starts. And I'm guessing for the Nets, they're going to have home court advantage. So, you know, you're not going to be able to play in four to the seven games of the series and then not get paid either. Money talks. And I think sooner or later, maybe they cave in. Some of these guys, I don't know if they'll cave in. Jonathan Isaac is a guy. I don't know if he will cave in for his sake. He plays in Florida where, you know, Florida has been, there's been no COVID restrictions since the beginning of COVID. <laughs> so um, it's it's a situation that has become political. I don't know why it has. Sadly, it has. And now it's become a situation that's going to cause turmoil in the NBA um, and in NBA locker rooms because of it. And I don't know. <laughs> it's To me, it's just, it's stupid. Um, just get it i mean all of these people i don't think have realized i'm talking about nba players everyone's gotten a vaccine in their life in order to go to school a public school in 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 the united states most public schools i believe you have to get a vaccine when you're a baby uh you have to get multiple vaccines of actually um so everyone's gotten a vaccine before I don't well, know. let's. Yeah, I wouldn't say let's let's get into that side of it. Well, no, but. no, let, let's not get into that. But what I'm saying is, is just me also just disappointing because you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets. They are championship caliber. They they are championship favorites in some people's eyes. So now Kyrie Irving's not going to be there again. So what does that make them? Are they still? Yeah, they're still basically top of the East, but you're missing a big part. Out in in Golden State, Andrew Wiggins, not vaccinated. There, some people think that they could even surprise people in the West and, and go pretty far. You have Clay back. We'll see, you know, first time in two years. Uh, obviously, you're going to have Steph. You have some surrounding pieces, you know, some young guys that they've drafted over the past couple of years since they've been bad. Andrew Wiggins, they're relying on Andrew Wiggins. He's a third, fourth option there. You know, he's not just the we're not talking about guys who are just end of the end of the bench uh, players who just sit on the bench. Even, you know, bench players, you know, Jonathan Isaac. When, you know, if 
health and safety protocols come and he has to sit out for three weeks because of, you know, whatever the thing is, or when they travel to New York or when they travel to out West to California and he's not able to play, it's going to be an issue. It's like, I don't understand Michael Porter Jr. It's just, it, to me, it doesn't make sense just for the betterment, not only safe, not only health wise, just for the betterment of your team, just be like, Hey, you know what? Let me get this. Let's move on with the season. Let, let's go. Instead, you're creating a distraction for your team that your team now has to answer questions about when, you know, they're just trying to get ready and get chemistry going for the season. Uh, am I wrong, right? You tell me. I mean, you you make the pushback because I already know I can, uh, as little fan engagement as we get on social media, I can already tell that I'll be getting pushback on this. Well, even more, you just mentioned that the whole team would be getting questioned. I mean, Kyrie Irving's over Zoom, and again, the first question that everyone's asking is about the vaccine. And so what do you think they're going to keep asking? They're going to keep asking him, and he's anti-media. Well, and one more thing, one more thing. These players who are saying HIPAA, you know, due to HIPAA, I'm not going to... No, HIPAA, HIPAA doesn't apply to you because it's your own body. You're allowed to answer the question. Just say no instead of HIP, because as soon as you say no because of HIPAA, I'm not going to answer it. We already know it's a no. So you might as well just come out and say no. HIPAA's for the team. The team protects you with HIPAA and they cannot reveal who's been vaccinated or unvaccinated. You can reveal yourself. HIPAA has nothing to do with you. So stop, you know, these players, Oh, you know, due to HIPAA, I'm not, I, I can't answer. No, you can't answer. It's about your own body. You're allowed to answer what you want. I mean, some of these players tell us a little too much anyway about themselves. So all of a sudden, because of, you know, you're going to do HIPAA, like to me, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Uh, some of these players logic, not about not getting just the way they answer these questions. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I think if 90% of the players are vaccinated across the league, I would put money on it. 95. That not 95. Okay, so I would guarantee and put money on the fact that not every single one of those 95% of the whole entire league are pro-vaccine or wanted to get the vaccine, but they have to do it. You get, you're under contract to play basketball and to not, you know, cause drama and, and, and not get the vaccine. I mean, again, you're eventually going to have to get it if you want to risk your team, uh, again, at a disadvantage in every single home game, then so be it. But I, I think it's, it's a little bit much when, again, it's, it's, it's a, uh, a thing that's the vaccine has been out for a very long time. And I think uh, we, we've reiterated that over and over again, but uh, I believe it's just to mention uh, the New York Knicks, I think, are 100% vaccinated, right? And they're part of that yeah. home game uh, yeah. thing and, as and well. One, and one more thing for people kind of, because, uh, you know, this came up in my mind as well. Oh, well, wait, football's going on. Why, have, why isn't football having this issue in New York and, in, you know, the 49ers, the Giants and Jets? Because those teams aren't having issues because it's an outdoor setting. So in outdoor settings, you, you know, the players don't have to be required um, a vaccine. It's only because this is an indoor setting that this is going to be an issue. So hockey, I don't know that I, I'm a hockey fan. I haven't heard anything. It hasn't been as big of a deal in hockey. Um, So I don't know how that will work out. And also the, the NBA is not forcing these guys to get the vaccine. It's more their, their respective where they live is forcing them. Uh, but the NBA is basically saying, hey, if you have to miss a game, why should we have to pay you because of your decision not to get it and basically your decision not to play in that game? Um, I'm just coming at it from more of a 
basketball perspective because I really want to see these guys play and help out their yeah, teams. Yeah, no, I, so. I do too. That's I what's mean, that's what's disappointing. We're talking about good. We're talking about good players too. That's the thing. You know, we're talking. Kyrie Irving is a box office player. Every night, you know, you're going to get you know dribbling, um, driving. Uh, everything he does is box office, and it's sad that. I mean, that quote, you laughed as soon as I started reading the quote that, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> basically that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to create more hoopla. He is king hoopla. He is king distraction, uh, sadly. And um, I don't know. It's it. anything else you have on this. I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of a topic you can't go on and on about. But. Yeah, it's it's kind of just drawn out at this point, but. Yeah, Again, I, I just I just hope for the best uh, for this for this NBA season. Quick question: As we start this NBA season, because training camp has officially started, over under, okay. Let's go ten times. Kyrie Irving is a sole subject, not just mentioned in conversation, a sole subject on this podcast throughout the season. And that's I think that's light. Ten times. I'm gonna go. So over. does that. So are we counting basically the number of days he doesn't get the vaccine no, 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 no. and doesn't and doesn't participate in home games? Well, no, I'm just saying just in general. Because there's going to be a report every antics, single time. Yeah, with, with his antics. Oh, every, just him every, causing some, some yeah, crazy with, thing? When we release a podcast on a Saturday, from now until whenever the Brooklyn season, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets season ends in May or June, how many times, over under 10 times, he's a sole, dis, sole discussion on, like, when, I, when we text and we go, okay, what are the topics? One of the topics is going to be Kyrie Irving dot, dot, dot. Over. Okay. How about over under 20? I'd probably say under. That's probably a stretch, but. Oh, I would agree with you. Okay. Let's move on to a lighter note. Um, with training camp starting up. Uh, we're going to have a NBA preview like we did last year. Hopefully it's not two hours long like last year, but I have a feeling I'll come close to that. Um, but I did want to start getting, you know, some at least thoughts about the basketball season. And you can go first here, Jake. Who is your sleeper team? It doesn't need to be a team necessarily that um, wins it all, but almost like you, you look at the Heat of two years ago, you look at the Hawks of last year, um, teams like that that, Many people weren't expecting to go far and make a run, but they do end up making a run. Uh, who is that for you? Mine is going to be, I, I really debated over this topic, um, flip-flop between who I wanted to pick uh, based off the criteria because I wanted to pick a team that wasn't too highly talked about, but also not among some of the best in the conference, but this is the team I think needs to be highlighted, high, whoa, highlighted because um, I think that they can really make some noise, especially in a first-round matchup. Um, they've done it uh, two years ago, making the Western Conference Finals, uh, and this is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, last year, they got swept um, by the Suns, but again, uh, took the the Blazers, and again, they were pretty much fully loaded um, and beat them in six games. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, a very good series, very competitive. Um, and Damian Lillard was, uh, I think, pretty much the sole reason why the Blazers were in a lot of those games, uh, especially with that 55-point game that he put up, uh, I believe, in game five. 
Um, but overall, I think that the Denver Nuggets have really established themselves. And first of all, they've, they've established a core uh, and sort of a big four, sort of speak. I guess we can go big three, depending on, you know, the projection I see with Michael Porter Jr. this season. Um, but if you want to slide in Aaron Gordon there as well, you can with just how much he fits on this team. I hate that. I hate. I, I hate how loosely big. I'm not. This is not at you. I just hate how loosely big three has come around now. It used to be. I think big three is is fair for, for I, I, where I, I, I see Michael Porter Jr. I, this year. I, I just hate how loosely it's. You know, we're just any top three players on our team. We call them a big three anyway. Keep going. Yeah. So I, I think as far as. Michael Porter Jr., again, not having Jamal Murray there, uh, going to have the ball a lot more in his hands. Of course, the offense, as we all know, uh, runs around uh, the big man in Nikola Jokic. But again, the ability to have Michael Porter Jr., uh, again, he doesn't have necessarily the, the league guard there. And so he's going to be able to have more ball handling duties <clears throat> and do a lot of the stuff he was uh asked to do last season and then some. So I think there's definitely, uh, if you were to ask a lot of people, uh, they would have Michael Porter Jr. among uh, their most improved player favorite uh, for this upcoming season. You have Aaron Gordon, who slides right next to Aaron, uh, excuse me, right next to Jokic in that, uh, in that front court as well. And so a fully loaded front court there. Uh, again, Jamal Murray, we don't know how he's going to come back. Uh, among other injuries across the league. Again, we, we're going to have to give him some time. Um, but depending on when he comes back, I think this can really give hell to any Western Conference team. Um, and I think I would project them around a mid-tier team, probably around like four or five. Um, ceiling would probably be like three, so not too much of a discrepancy there in terms of where I see them or, and where the ceiling could be. Um, but I do think that uh, getting Jeff Green, another piece that uh, served as a small ball five with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, he's going to be key there in terms of allowing them to to go small and to um, defend small uh, and do everything you would want. Um, and I, th I think there's just more versatility, I think, is what I'm trying to get at um, with this lineup. Uh, again, they didn't do a, a whole lot but uh, in terms of this offseason, but they're really just uh rolling with um sort of the same guys which is not a bad idea uh considering um just the amount of depth on this team Monte Morris is one of the best backup guards in this league um and plays great with Jokic a lot of guys that compliment compliment their star player uh Will Barton uh dealt with injury last season um and didn't really play in the playoffs too much and then came back um in the middle of that Sun series I believe um and he's been a key part of their team for years. Uh, Jermichael Green, uh, another guy uh, that is super impactful. Uh, and again, uh, sort of impacts that small ball lineup that I think that they, they want to go, go with, especially with Jokic not on the court. Um, and so overall, I think uh, Austin Rivers is another name. And so if you put together this whole entire Nuggets team, adding Jamal Murray in the mix uh, later on in the season... I think you have a really good case for a team that is heavily slept on because of the fact that, uh, I mean, any given player on this roster is super underrated and super undervalued, in my opinion. Uh, and I think that 
again, the the strides that and even with Nikola Jokic, we've talked about this before. When Jamal Murray went out, they were actually a better team. Um, and I think it, it allowed, uh, of course, Jokic to take even more control of the offense. And um, they, of course, uh, took that and, and ran with it into the, into the postseason where they eventually lost to the Suns. So going into this next season, I have high expectations for uh, Jokic uh, sort of left, uh, leaving where he uh, left off or coming back from where he left off. Uh, last season, the development of Michael Porter Jr., uh, Aaron Gordon, th- those two guys just signed uh, contract extensions. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., of course, the big one, um, as we were all expecting. Uh, and so they're really just and, and you see the the confidence that uh, Denver's front office has in this group to lock up pretty much their top four guys um, for years to come and and they're all super young too. Jamal Murray 24, Jokic 26, Aaron Gordon 26, Michael Porter only 23 years old. So, I think they have uh the group that they they want going forward and I have high expectations for uh the Mile High, high City and and the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to go a little different route here, a team that I don't think actually wins it this year. Um but I'm going to take from that same division that has surprised us the past 2 years the Hawks and the Heat. I'm going to go to the Hornets. Um, this is a team I think that could really shock some people this year in terms of how much growth. I know LaMelo Ball was saying they, they all took a team vacation together right before training camp to Miami. No matter if that's good or bad, I, I don't know. Um, when a whole bunch of young athletes go to Miami, I don't know how good that turns out. But um, I think LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, they signed Kelly Oubre Jr., um, you have, you know, some other young guys, PJ Washington. Uh, they drafted Scotty Lewis, uh, James Booknight. Um, they have West Wundu, uh, Cody Martin, Terry Rozier, Scary Terry. They still have. They they signed Ish Smith um, as a backup guard, probably. Um, Mason Pub. I'm just kind of naming their roster now, but watch for this team. They were. Close to the playoffs last year, um, and I think if Lamelo Ball doesn't get hurt, I think maybe they do make the playoffs. Also, Vernon Carey Jr. going into his second year, I think, uh, makes a jump. But I think this is a team that could have that type of Hawks scenario. I think Lamelo Ball is box office, and just he is a star in this league, um, and he will continue to just put up, do crazy things. He can carry a team, I think, and this is a team he could carry. But I think also with, you know, I'm not banking on the fact Gordon Hayward stays healthy the whole year because he never is, but I'm hopeful because, you know, he puts up 20, LaMelo Ball puts up 20, Miles Bridges puts up what he puts up. Uh, P.J. Washington continues to improve. Terry Rozier can put up a crazy crooked number on a stat sheet any given night. This is my team. to Not my team in terms of rooting, but this is my team that can really shock people and get a top six seed in the East somehow. I don't know how. And when I do my rankings, I'm going to need to factor this in because I'm saying this. But <clears throat> it's possible. And um, I, I, I don't know. I like this team. Uh, I guess. Any last thoughts before we uh, get out of here? Yeah. Did you pick against the Hornets for the plan or no? <clears throat> I don't you're remember. Too, you're, you're going too far back, Jake. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what I did. Just gotta throw, I just got to throw that. I just yeah. got to throw that in there for the, for the well, people listen, in the back. Listen, last season is last season, okay? 
I was wrong on a lot. I I projected the Wizards to like. I thought the Wizards were going to be like the the next coming of I don't even know what, but I thought they and were they, be fantastic. And look at them now. I mean, and then they just uh, shipped their uh, star point guard for I mean a good amount of assets. So we'll see how yeah, they fare this season. But Hornets are an interesting pick. Uh, I would say top five in who I want to watch. Uh, they're definitely up there because I think they fit well around LaMelo Ball, and they're going to be the highlight machine along with the commentator, too. So, I mean, I, I can't really pass up on them in terms of who I'm going to watch. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I think a lot of minutes have opened up for guys like LaMelo and Tara Rozier, who are really at the front forefront of that team with Devontae Graham leaving and Malik Monk um, also leaving. Uh, granted, they did draft uh, James Booknight, as another guard um, in that backcourt. But I do think that, of course, the, the league guards are going to get uh, the minutes, more yeah. minutes over over yeah. a, a rookie backup guard. So uh, I do think that that helped them out because uh, I, I do think there was a, a log jam in that backcourt. But we'll see what happens. I think they'll be a fun team uh, regardless. And I think that uh, that playing for, for the East for sure is going to be for both for both conferences, I think it's a very uh, it's a very deep two conferences heading into the season. It should be fun. Yeah, um, it will be. And I'm trying. We're going to try to figure out when we're going to do our preview show. It might be closer to the regular season. We're about three weeks away now from uh, the start of the regular season, being in mid October. I believe the 18th or the 19th um, is that opening night on TNT. It's the 19th. Um, so we'll get it probably that weekend. We'll do our preview show. Uh, we're back now on a regular, consistent basis. Jake and I are, we've kind of scheduled out that we can do this every week. Um, we apologize. I, get, I, I don't even think I said that at the beginning, but we apologize. for anyone who's lasted this long, we apologize for um, kind of taking a hi- hiatus over the past five weeks and not even saying anything. I know I just posted on the on the Instagram as we recorded this, basically, you know, saying you know we're back or whatever um so if you saw that obviously you knew we're back if you're just getting this notification that we posted a podcast and you're listening surprise um otherwise that will basically do it jake where can they uh, find us on social media uh we're we're going to be active again and uh it's basically it yeah you guys can check us out uh on instagram at underscore around the league underscore uh twitter at underscore ATL podcast underscore. Uh, those are like the main two um, social medias for us. Yeah, that's uh, Instagram it. being really the one. And then Twitter, as the season goes on, we'll, we'll get back, back on that. So be sure to check us out on there. And then we're on all three streaming platforms, uh, getting back on the weekly grind. So make sure you guys check us out. Uh, Apple Pods, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Uh, if anyone uses that app, but if you do, you guys can find us out uh, on those three apps. So that's it. Way back, baby. Peace out. Peace.